0: Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Rachel.
1: No, it isn't. That's a lie. <laughs> that's not what I said. <laughs> that's not That's not what we talked about. You were supposed to say my name, like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. now we're mm-hmm. getting into like a comedy <laughs> sketch. <laughs> I see what's happening here. Okay, uh. that's Jarrell, that other person who's speaking. I am Rachel. Welcome. To the comedy hour on the people on this podcast, we're done. That's it. Like, I can't continue. I'm not that good <laughs> at improv. I can't continue. This but I was like, we're going to do our own version of who's on first, mm. which I always found funny. And one day there will be a baseball player with that name, who's, and it will be cute. I don't know if there ever has been, but actually that would really bother me after maybe like three days. Right. But for the first three days, that'd be really funny. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us. We're going to talk today about the process of finding a healthcare provider. We want to... Yay! Wanna, is that a yay? <laughs> no. Okay. I was like, spoken by someone who clearly has not done this very often. I'm very um, being
0: very facetious about this topic okay. because it stresses yeah. a lot of people
1: out. Yeah. It's a horrible right there, so. process. Yeah. And I think what happens often is that the advice is just like, go to your insurance website and find someone near you, Yeah, which is a good first step. Sure, But often that's a first step and people are standing there like, well, now what? And obviously going to the actual provider and having the experience and coming back and like knowing what you should make of it is also a whole nother process. And I don't feel like the healthcare system does a lot of things right, but I don't feel like the healthcare system or just society in general really empowers people to take control of their healthcare. And I'm going to put a disclaimer on it for any doctors or just doctor enthusiasts that are listening. I'm not encouraging people to argue with medical professionals or any type of healthcare pro or go against their wishes or I'm not telling you to be annoying, but it's more just like, you're not in a position in which like, you're not an Uber driver with your doctor, right? You're not in the back seat and where the doctor or whatever healthcare professional is like driving the car and you're just chilling while they're driving. You should, in theory, be in the passenger seat and you're on a road trip together and maybe you're taking turns. Like maybe the doctor drives sometimes and then you drive sometimes. And the person who is in the passenger seat is navigating. Like it's a team, not like I'm sitting in the back and drive me somewhere.
0: Yeah, active participant.
1: Active participant. And it's hard because there is a power structure situation on there, right? You don't know, unless you happen to work in the healthcare field, you don't know if what they're saying is true, or if this is how they should be approaching a topic with you, or if it's the best case for you, even if it's the best practice, generally speaking, it's really hard to empower yourself to put yourself in that position It's just really stressful it's also kind of like arguing this idea of like well it doesn't feel right but like who am I to know that it's right. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really uncomfortable situation when you're already in a vulnerable position because obviously if you're seeking healthcare, even under just normal primary care wellness visits circumstances it's still a little scary, right? Like why do we go to get checkups in various parts of our body to make sure nothing's wrong, which means that there's a chance that something could be wrong. Even just going to a dentist for like a regular cleaning, they could be like, actually there's a massive hole in your tooth and now you need a painful procedure. There's always that chance. And so it's always a little unnerving. You're putting your trust, especially if it's a new provider that you're seeing and developing a relationship with, you're putting your trust for something pretty important, arguably the most important thing in your life in a stranger. It just, it's a lot. And so we hopefully want to go through and give you some more advice and tips and insight into just past, just find a provider on your insurance's website. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I think the first thing is that once... Once you found somebody, because I think the finding the original first step of like finding someone, let's say you have an ongoing problem and you want to check in with somebody, or you just need ongoing care, finding someone is relatively easy, especially if you live in like a pretty big or near a pretty big metropolitan area like you can find someone. Right. I think we want to focus on finding the right person, yes, not just any person, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so let's say you found someone insurance provider's website, that's usually people's first step. You go in, how do you prepare for your first appointment? Um, and I think we're going to talk about this as if you have a presenting concern, but I also think it can apply to just primary care, right? If you're trying to develop a relationship with somebody who you're going to go to if you do have a problem... What are things you need to look for? What should the experience feel like? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try not to just like list this off as like pet peeves I've developed over the years, attending multiple healthcare offices. Mm -hmm. Number one, logistics. Before you even get to the provider, I think there's a bunch of logistical stuff that needs to feel okay. Mm -hmm. And this is not to say that people can't have an off day and whatever, but they're just certain things that it's a vibe, right? That's a meme somewhere, right? It's a vibe.
0: I no. mean, it's also just a saying.
1: Oh, okay. It's not a meme?
0: I don't think it's a specific meme.
1: Probably should be a meme. <laughs> like I'm envisioning just like animals and sunglasses, like living their best life.
0: All right. Anyway. I can get behind that.
1: Okay. The vibe of the practice should feel comfortable and that's going to vary mm-hmm. for everyone, but... A couple things that have become really commonplace in a lot of offices, and this is not just like primary care physicians, this is dentists and physical therapists and orthopedics and OBGYNs and everybody. When you have an appointment, you shouldn't have to wait an extended period of time for service. And what I mean by that is, like, somebody at the front desk handing you forms if you need to fill out forms or verify insurance or whatever else. Like, someone should be interacting with you. And if there's a wait, which sometimes it happens, life, someone should also be communicating that with you this is not a hard and fast rule this is not science but in my lengthy experience i have noticed that when that doesn't happen the rest of the experience isn't usually great right because what that is is essentially acknowledging you and acknowledging your time and your comfort level and it's kind of just common courtesy like that's a very bare minimum low hanging fruit type of situation and like i said i'm not saying a doctor's office could never be running behind or you can never have a two o'clock appointment and not actually go back till two twenty. Like it happens, you get into a whole conversation about insurance. I actually, did we do that on a podcast insurance or was that just a blog post? I don't
0: remember either way.
1: We will link to one or both of those things kind of explaining why that happens in the whole insurance world situation, but it happens, but someone should be communicating it to you if there is a delay if there is an extended wait, for whatever reason, if something has changed, people should be communicating with you. You should not just be sitting in the waiting room for this indefinite period of time, staring at the ceiling. That's not cool.
0: Yeah, I think it's like um, the the kind of, cause I, you know I love like a good metaphor and analogy and all that good stuff. It's like the old phrase, like canary in a coal mine is that like that initial process is if you sent the canary into the coal mine and it doesn't come back, <laughs> that which means the ha- oh, the God. condition, the con- <laughs> right, the conditions are hazardous and you should not go in. Um, and oh, so- is
1: that where that phrase is from?
0: Yeah, canary in a coal mine. I was they always just to,
1: why is the canary in the coal mine? That's- they
0: used, they used oh. to send poor little canaries in to see if the air was toxic or not. And if it came oh. back, they would go in. If not, they would not.
1: That's- yeah it's
0: pretty bad but it's it's that idea of like if you get like even maybe even before you get there is like what's the vibe with the administrative process and logistics like is someone actually returning your call is it easy to make appointments is the person pleasant on the phone when you get there does somebody acknowledge that you walked in the door do they not like these are all signs like "Mm," if this if, if it's not the vibe that you're going for then just like pay attention to those initial kind of points of entry because that's that can be a sign for what's to come in terms of the treatment and care right yeah
1: very likely I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's very likely yeah and I will also put a disclaimer on this whole thing of that if you're someone who is just looking for convenience for whatever reason maybe you don't care But again, this is kind of this idea of if you're looking for somebody that's not just checking the box of like, got my wellness exam, Mm -hmm. it is important. It's the whole office vibe. And often, whereas a lot of providers will have office managers or health practice administrators if they're bigger. Mm -hmm. And so that person is in charge of the management of the office, but that person is often supervised by the actual providers. And, or a lot of providers like are running the show. And so it does say, it's not just as simple as like, oh, well, you know, the front desk staff is this way, but the physicians or the providers are great. Yes, that can happen, but often it's a vibe because the providers are the ones kind of calling the shots, at least to some extent, more often than not. I think big, big hospital affiliated healthcare practices might work a little bit differently, but still it's it's a factor. Mm -hmm. So it's something to consider of that, like if the front desk staff has not been informed or trained to really put patient care at the forefront, not a far leap to say that maybe the provider hasn't either. Mm -hmm. The other thing that kind of piggybacks on this is how does the support staff interact with you, right? Because a lot of times, and again, kind of picturing like a traditional, and I'm putting that in air quotes, doctor's office visit, or really just any provider a lot of times you see a support staff first whether it's a medical assistant whether it's um a tech just somebody who kind of helps out right provides support medical support staff to the provider you would be surprised or maybe not maybe no one's surprised the number of people who fall under the support staff category that when you know, when they come in the room and they take your vitals or they take in for additional information before the provider comes in and sees you, like that person, mm-hmm. how they come into the room and people don't say hello or introduce themselves. Like people don't do that. It's very rare.
0: Or, yeah, and or worse.
1: Right. I've actually had somebody come in and say no words and just like lift up my arm and put a blood pressure cuff on it. And I'm like, hey.
0: I. I once got shamed because my veins were not very apparent. (laughs) He's was like, oh, like maybe you need to work out more. And I'm like, what, this this is the, right. I was like, oh, first of all, (laughs) but second of all, I'm like, you met me two minutes ago and you made this assessment about how much I do or don't work out. and. The nonsensical connection to what my veins are doing—it <laughs> was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's rare, unfortunately. I actually I went to get a teeth cleaning on Friday, and I had had issues with the office in the past with dental assistants doing this of just like sticking things in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, we don't we don't do that without at least your first name, right? And the person who's been there for my last two visits has been lovely. Mm -hmm. And I told her this, I'm the dentist, when I was there, I'm just like, she's great. Because we had a whole conversation before she starts asking me about my teeth, or, you know, giving me things to spit into, Mm -hmm. like an actual conversation, a real person, introduce yourself, all of that. It's so basic, and yet it's so rare. So I would say, please look for that look for somebody who they don't need to be your best friend and maybe you're not a small talk person and maybe you don't want them chatting it up with you about their dog but they should at least say hello and say their name and say what they're there to do right like use words don't just grab someone's arm don't just like start setting up all this stuff hi my name is so and so i'm going to take your blood pressure today right Literally, that's it. If they say nothing else, that's fine. Might not be your jam. You might not want to chat. That's all cool. Mm -hmm. But like those three things should happen when you sit down. Mm -hmm. And again, this isn't just like a primary care traditional doctor's office. This is with physical therapy. This is a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. Hello, my name is so-and-so. Here's where I'm going to start. Here you go. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, first and foremost, when you go in, if you're assessing, if something's going to feel like a good fit, I think those two things in terms of the administrative side, and then just like the intro into care are super important to look for.
0: Yeah,
1: It is rare, but I think you should at least be like on a scale of one to 10. If 10 is like, I'm being treated like a freaking queen, you should at least kind of be at a seven, six to seven at the bare minimum. Just my two cents on that. Mm -hmm. The next part, when you meet with somebody, kind of how to determine if it's a good fit. I think the first thing, which is also super basic and maybe people without a ton of healthcare experience are going to be like, the the person should listen to you. And this is even more rare than people who introduce themselves before they grab your arm or tell you your veins are inadequate. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be somebody talking over you. If they ask my favorite thing, which has happened to me more times than I can count, is they ask, so why are you here today? Or so what's going on? So like they've asked a question,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: question has been asked and I go to tell them and then they're interrupting me or talking over me. Like, but do you, do you want to know? <laughs> you right. ask me a question. I'm trying to answer your question. So that I think would be number one is that when you're speaking, someone listens to you they maybe ask follow-up questions or at the very least wait until you're finished speaking in order to add their two cents. Mm -hmm. I think you should also have space to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you have to like not believe whatever someone's telling you, But I think follow-up questions are fair. I don't think it's a reasonable expectation of you to take every single thing a healthcare provider tells you at face value. Right. Especially if they're telling you something that feels not right for whatever reason, whether you've tried it before or you don't think it's realistic for your lifestyle or you have concerns with how you would implement it, or you want to know why you're doing something. That's another big thing. This is very common physical therapists and yet yeah, mostly just them calling you out right now. If you're going to do something to someone's person and, or ask them to do something at home, why is a really helpful piece there. <laughs> What is it doing, right? Not like defend your choice, but like, why are you choosing this type of treatment? Why have you decided to use an ultrasound on this area? Why do you think this exercise would be helpful? People like to know why. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ask something of someone or you're going to do something to someone, it's helpful for them to know why, why that's happening. How is it going to benefit me? Like, where? why are you choosing this? Like, if I come in with, you know, low back pain and somebody starts like working on my hamstrings why how is that connected like educate the person so that they can one know about their own body and two make decisions moving forward that maybe you're not present for or not privy to there's no way that somebody in any type of visit can share every way that something impacts them. Like it, we, our brain just can't compute it. All we would be doing all day long is like writing something down potentially. So maybe something comes up later that you're like, oh, well, they've told me why they did this and like what might be causing the problem. So like, I'm going to be mindful of this moving forward. And then a situation comes up and you have the information mm-hmm. to maybe make a healthier choice for yourself.
0: Right.
1: It's also just helpful to prepare people if you're also touching their person. Right blood tests, right? If somebody's getting a bunch of blood tests, it's good to know why, like, why do you need to know, you know, my ferritin level? What does that tell you? Is it just informational? Like you're super curious, really passionate about ferritin or like, is it doing something? Let people have information and whoever you see should be willing to give you the information about your own care. And if, you know, people forget, everybody's human. If you ask, you should get a thoughtful answer. and you should have an actual answer to whatever question that you need to ask even if they've been asked it before even if they find it silly right would you add anything else
0: yeah i'll just say like to to that point just taking it like a one step further is like how do they respond to the question Mm -hmm. is also like super important data um are they like all of a sudden like very uppity or defensive or dismissive? Um, are they welcoming? Do they like validate that that's like an important question? Do they apologize say apologize and say, oh, actually, yeah, I should have told you like this is the purpose. Like, mm-hmm. what's the vibe there? Because this, I mean, the being able to take care of ourselves and our bodies and our minds, right, is like our responsibility. And if we don't feel like we can understand uh, what's happening or why something is happening, then we can't be active participants in our own healthcare. Um, And so if you have a provider who's like, oh, don't worry about it. This is just, you know, um, like we always do this. Um, Okay, that might be an answer, but you know, is, but being able to reassure someone or validate a question, uh, answering it appropriately is a necessary and helpful skill to have in uh, work, an ongoing working relationship in particular. So yeah. yeah.
1: I think the other important factor, and I can't believe I left this out, but I guess I'm not leaving it out because I'm saying it right now, is they should listen to you about your condition. And this is something that is a little bit more applicable if you're going in for a specific ongoing concern. But Mm -hmm. I think it can also work in just general wellness checkups. If someone says something to you like, hey, you should take this medication for your migraines, and you go, hey, actually, I've taken it, but it doesn't really work for me, or it makes me feel really funky, and I don't like it. They should listen to that and take that as valid. Mm Versus trying to argue with you,
0: right?
1: Or versus saying, Well, no, you're wrong. Like, you didn't know that the migraine medication made you feel weird, right? And I think that's also true of something that maybe isn't as straightforward in terms of solvable, right? Like, if they Mm -hmm. say, Well, you know, this should help, and you're like, But it didn't, or But you know, that's actually not an accurate description of when I experienced whatever it is, right? If they, if someone says, Oh, you're having gastrointestinal issues. Your stomach hurts all the time. Like you're having issues when you're eating. Oh, maybe don't eat gluten. And someone goes, no, actually like it flares. I tried that and it flares up regardless of how much gluten I'm consuming. Mm-hmm. And they go, no, but you know, you should probably try to be gluten-free again. Right. Now, you know, your body better than they do because it's yours. They have whatever training and qualifications they have that make them more knowledgeable about generally how to treat it and just information about health, Mm -hmm. but you know your person. And so this is why I use the analogy before of like, you're sharing road trip duties because they have information you don't have, but you have information they don't have. And just as it would be absurd if you were going in for something new and the doctor says like, Hey, I think maybe this medication would help. And you go, no, it will not. That would be weird. Shout out to all the anti-vaxxers out there. Um, Had to slide that in there. Mm. That would be strange and problematic. It's also strange and problematic. If you say, Hey, I've tried this and I don't find that it helps or I find that it makes it worse, or this is not how my condition presents itself. And they go, no, like oh okay i lied <laughs> like right that's crazy and so i think somebody who's willing to be open minded that you might be the one in a thousand people person that something doesn't work for they need to treat that just as valid as the other 999 people that it does work for
0: right yeah and i
1: think that's that might be the most important thing to look for is somebody who is willing to collaborate with you
0: yeah and i think that that just makes me think of like a Another tip which we've talked about, I think in this conversation but haven't necessarily named it in particular but it's this idea of being vocal in your appointments. um, And being able to and if you need to practice that if assertiveness is not your strong suit. And and of course, given the power differential and the dynamics there, but I think one of the best things we can do to be good um, to take the best care of ourselves is to also be communicative, like, because just as Rachel was just saying, we, we ourselves, we are great. We are the sources of data (laughs) about our health, right? No one's going to know better than us, because we live in our bodies, we live in our minds, day in, day out. So we have the most information that anyone can have about our health. Um, Of course, it's subjective, it's, unless you're, you know, testing your own blood and all that sort of stuff, which I have different questions. But (laughs) um, you are the like the best source of data. So like talk, like share what you know, share what you think, share what your theories are, Um, because it's really important for the provider to understand what your not only what your experience is, but also what your perspective is, um, because that helps you get better treatment um it helps you get more accurate treatment um and so yeah i think just being able to name that too is really really important and i think it's something that uh, like i've had to work on within myself and i think is important for everyone to really work on is just being able to share information and, and feel empowered to ask those questions
1: yeah coming in with a list ahead of time. I love a list. It's helpful, right? And I put that with a little bit of an asterisk because I think sometimes things come up that like they're giving information that you couldn't have anticipated ahead of time. But if there are questions that you know you want asked, make a list, put it on your phone and take it out and say, actually, I have a list of questions for you that you may not have already covered.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: ask the questions. I think another logistical point is you should know how to get in contact with your provider After hours or Mm -hmm. after an appointment, not even necessarily like a two o'clock in the morning. Right. But after your appointment, whether that's call the office and they'll give me the message and I'll return your call, mm-hmm. or here's my email, or here's our secure messaging system. Mm-hmm. However, it works, there should be some way that you can contact your provider fairly easily in mm-hmm. between appointments. Right. And that's true across the board. Please don't see a therapist that you can't get a hold of in between sessions or that won't mm-hmm. respond to an email if you send them. Please don't mm-hmm. do that. It, they might not respond within like the hour but if you're seeing someone especially someone you're seeing regularly you should have at least a working phone number or email that you can expect a reasonably timely response
0: Mm
1: -hmm. like that's kind of a non-negotiable yeah and like i said not even necessarily a way to like oh well talk to the receptionist or talk to you know my practice administrator like yes maybe they're a middle person but you should be able to speak to your provider in some way or shape or form in between appointments, regardless of how they get the message that you contacted them. Right. That's a thing that should absolutely happen. And again, don't be crazy and think that somebody's going to respond to you at two o'clock in the morning right. or on a Sunday right. if they're not working on Sunday. But reasonable amount of time. Like I would say, what, within a week? Mm-hmm. You get some type of response? Mm-hmm. Maximum?
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's even incredibly generous. I would be
1: nice, right. Yeah. Because I'm taking into consideration, yeah, let's say you email on a Saturday and then they get back to you on like a Friday or they're on mm-hmm. vacation, right? Like I that to me is like from my experience is usually when I would follow up. Like yeah. if I send somebody an email on a Tuesday and don't hear by the following Tuesday, I'm probably sending a follow-up email. For sure. So the other aspect to consider too is without making a huge indictment on insurance companies, because like I said, we've done this before and maybe we'll do again. If we haven't done a podcast episode on it, maybe we should. We're just like ranting about insurance companies and healthcare in America for at least three hours minimum. Everyone would listen to that, I'm sure.
0: Right.
1: Something to consider if you are looking for a provider for something that you want to have worked on, on an ongoing basis. And this isn't just an illness, but rather if you are thinking of having children in the near future and you wanna work with a provider around pregnancy, childbirth, fertility, all of the above, if you are an active person and you want to work with someone on keeping you active and injury-free, If you have a manual labor job and you want to work with somebody who's gonna keep your body like relaxed and like undo the damage that you do at your construction job, for example these are people that you're going to see regularly. And in theory, if you're going to see them regularly want high quality care, this also might be like, if you have something that makes your case a little bit more complicated, Mm -hmm. like maybe a dentist, but like let's say you had extensive dental surgery when you were a kid. Right. so maybe it's not just about like, Oh, I just get my cleanings once or twice a year and call it a day. It's you want somebody who's really going to get to know you because you, whatever part of your body requires that right. Therapists come into mind, especially because hopefully you're, Not just seeing them once, because you want somebody who's a good fit that can help you on life's journey. That sounded really like just gross. I that sounds so like hokey. Yeah, that's a hokey. That's such a good word for it. Anyway, you may need to think outside the box in finding someone. Yeah. And I say this because insurance companies are terrible. They make providing healthcare really just so much harder than it needs to be Mm -hmm. and without going into details on why that is because we it's just bad a lot of providers who are very focused on patient care and wanting to go outside of the very narrow parameters that insurance companies often inflict on inflict on providers they charge out of network rates. Mm -hmm. They're not paneled with any insurance providers or they're very limitedly paneled with insurance providers. You might find that the best treatment for you is something that isn't covered by insurance like acupuncture Mm -hmm. because white supremacy because acupuncture is more of an Eastern medicine situation and Western medicine insurance companies don't usually like to cover that, draw your own conclusions. Mm Massage is often not covered, even though there's lots of scientific benefit that it can help a variety of conditions. A lot of holistic approaches aren't covered. They might be the best fit for you. And I understand that not everyone has the privilege of being able to go outside of what their insurance, which they already pay for, covers. But if you are, it might be something that is worthwhile in working into your budget. I understand the frustration because like a little part of me dies every time I pay hundreds of dollars a month for healthcare, despite paying for health insurance. Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to ask yourself at the end of the day, like what's worse living with the condition and it not being treated or constantly being frustrated by your healthcare providers or getting the help you need, even if it means paying more money. And again, not everyone can do that, but if you are in the position to do that, I would say don't be limited by just what your insurance company covers. And I think that's something that obviously you have to fit it into your own scenario and everybody's budget is different. I don't think a lot of people have unlimited money. So that's a factor. And there is a limit to how much you might be willing or able to spend on health care. But I would say keep an open mind to maybe spending more than your copay because unfortunately, the reality of the situation is that can be what you need in order to get the higher quality care and or, and or just care that you need and is helpful to you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, cards on the table is that this should not be the case.
1: It should not. We
0: should not have to even think about, oh, do I need to put a line item in my budget for other medical costs because this treatment isn't covered or this provider isn't covered. I uh, We're very much with you on that. This should not be the thing that people have to consider. However, we are also pragmatic and we understand that there are gaps currently in you know insurance and medical care, particularly in the United States where we are. Um, so if you have to make the necessary adjustments to, in the meantime, to get what you need, because we all deserve to have the right and best care that we can actually afford. Um, So yeah, I I just wanted to make sure to nail that point too.
1: Yeah, you're worth the investment if you're able to make it. Yeah. And as someone who is on both ends of the spectrum, it is worth the investment if you're able to make it. Mm -hmm. And I think it also is, something that's really challenging and I want to just kind of give a shout out to people who are in the position that maybe they're kind of like halfway of that they can afford more than their plan might cover but they can't afford everything that might make a difference and like I see you and I feel you because that's also super frustrating to know that there's something else out there for you and actually this is people who can't even afford anything past insurance coverage. Like it is really Mm -hmm. challenging to know there's something else out there that could and could likely help that you can't access because the system is screwed. Right. So it's really challenging and that's full circle kind of why we wanted to put a lot of this information out there because in whatever parameters you're working with, this can help you find the best fit for you and your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And it's important. It's not just about, you know, dealing with whatever they hand you in terms of front office staff or providers or whoever, you can ask for more and you can demand more because that is what should be happening. And I don't think we talk about that enough. So hopefully this was helpful in providing additional information you might not have and or empowering you to speak up for yourself and know what you should be asking of when you're in these situations, when you're taking care of your health. If you have any other questions, you can feel free to reach out to us. We're happy to help point you in a direction or even just kind of validate like, is this okay that my provider did this? We'll just give you a quick like, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down emoji, if nothing else, if it only requires that. But you can reach out to us for all of your questions or comments or just to say hi on social media at Viva Wellness NYC. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review, share with a friend, share with a neighbor, share with a healthcare provider who you think needs to hear it as a subtle message to maybe do better. Like that would actually be awesome. If anyone does that, please let me know because I'll applaud you all day long. Otherwise, new episodes out every other Wednesday, and we hope you will join us next time.
0: Bye.